You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Father, we love you. We are so grateful that you are a wise God. We ask you to help us to embrace your wisdom. Uh, guide us and direct us through your word, Lord. Help us to grow and mature and uh, be transformed into the image of Christ in our lives. We pray, Lord, that our minds are, are renewed, that our, our hearts are encouraged. We pray that uh, your word has life to us, Lord. Uh, we want very much to please you. And I pray that even today you will help us, Lord, through uh, the Proverbs, God, that we may be able to receive the, the counsel of heaven today, that uh, you will indeed speak these words to us for us, God, that we would see the value and the good in obeying your word and following you. God, we thank you. Thank you for your great love that you have chosen us, that we are sons and daughters of the living God, that you are our heavenly Father. And uh, we honor you and we bless you today. And we are grateful, God, that you have called us into this marvelous light of yours and this work, God, of redemption. Help us to be faithful in it uh, as we go forward, God. Bless us in Life Church today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's, uh, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 3 today, all right? I, uh, I took you at the beginning through Proverbs 1 and 2, and then I jumped over beyond 3 and 4, and we talked about some of the other chapters, in these early chapters. And I want to kind of jump back now to chapter 3 and begin talking there today a little bit uh, with you. And I like landing there today because it is Father's Day in, in the earth, and people are celebrating fathers. And, and this particular passage, this chapter 3, it really, it, it's uh, the same kind of uh, imagery is used in chapter 2 as well, of course, and other places. Uh, but this chapter in particular, there's this language of a father to a son. There's this kind of sagely advice that is going on. And I hope that you can sort of see the threads of that and see how that, that, that Solomon speaking to his son and imparting this wisdom is much like our Heavenly Father speaking to us and imparting godly wisdom to us as well. And the value of that, the great treasure that that is. Uh, and, and to see it that way, that it is such a great treasure and want it, you know, to really, really desire it, okay? Um, and that's, that's the important thing is that, that we put value on wisdom. And if we do and it becomes valuable to us, we can desire it. You know, when I used to work in retail, I worked in the J.C. Penney Company and uh, I, I helped in a number of areas. But one of the areas was the fine jewelry department. I, I helped in, in the purchasing of, of uh, jewelry. And uh, I asked one of the, the, the diamond salesmen when they came to, to the, uh, the buyer's meeting. I said, so, so tell me, how, at the end of all of this, you talk about brilliancy and you talk about cut and you talk about all these different things. Uh, but at, at the end of it all, when the dust settles, how do you really, who, who says this diamond gets to be this much money? You know, what, what, how do you figure out the value of a diamond? And he said very simply to me, he goes, the value of a diamond is what someone's willing to pay for it. That's the value of a diamond. It, it's driven by, by the desire of someone to have it. And it's what that person values it at. That's what they are willing to pay for it. 
and, and I, I want you to see some sort of thread of that through this is that we, if we will value wisdom, if we will see the value of wisdom, that it is God's wisdom for us, and, and see that value, it, it will cause us, I believe, to desire not only to, to obtain it, but then to walk it out, to live it out in our lives. And that's the key. I don't want you to just be hearers of the wisdom of God, but I want you to be doers of the wisdom of God. And I want you to be implementers of the wisdom of God, that you're actually working it through in your life. Okay, so, so chapter 2 did present Solomon as a father, and he was encouraging his son there. And the whole encouragement of that passage in, in chapter 2 was sort of, you know, to, to seek the wisdom, the, the seek after it, go diligently after it. In other words, stay with it, just keep, keep searching for it, keep looking for it, keep grabbing a hold of it, you know. Um, and, and to appreciate the benefits of that, you know. Not only the benefits of the wisdom, but the benefits of being diligent to seek after it. To stay on track, if you will, and to really, really follow hard after God to seek his mind and, and his understanding, okay. And so then it moves right into chapter 3 with this same kind of dynamic of this father-son sort of thing going on. And, and we find Solomon imparting this wisdom to his son, and he does uh, a couple of different things here. Um, and so I'm going to break it up as we talk about it here for a little bit. And, and one of the things that he does here is, is that he gives like these six keys or these six nuggets for good life. All right. To live, to live a, a good life. So you, you can kind of mark that the first the first part, like the first 12 verses of so uh, you can just, you know, write there good life. OK, because that's what he's trying to give you is this this good life thing. Now, he, he, he goes further down in chapter 3, in, in, in like verses 25 to 36 or so, and he goes with some negatives, all right? He's got this sort of negative list, which also happens to be six things, all right? So there's these, these six kind of warnings or these six sort of do-nots, okay, that, that he has down there. But in between there, there's, there's about nine verses or so up in between there. So he sandwiches the six keys of good life and these six negatives, all right, uh, if you will, these do nots. He, he, he sandwiches inside of that uh, sort of this, this sense of praise, this, this sense of, of praising uh, the value of wisdom, all right? And and, and praising sort of the illustrations of wisdom that are, that are kind of uh, poured into the middle of this thing. So we're going to look at the six, and then we're going to kind of look at this little, little center piece here of praising wisdom, and then we're going to look at these six do-nots here. Um, if we can get through all of those today, that would be a great thing. And if we don't, maybe we'll just continue next week. Okay, but let's, um, let's, let's just kind of start there, okay? Um, here, here's the thing I want to give to you first, and that is that there are, there are six things in this passage that are, are what, what I would call, what many call keys for a good life, all right? And, and by that we mean a life that is good in God, all right? A life that is, is rich and full in God. And so I want to just take a moment here and read through part of this this passage of Proverbs here, and um, love for you to have your Bible. There's some in the back if you don't have one. Um, I, I didn't ask Wade to put all of these passages on, on the screen, so all of them may not come up, especially some of the ones from Proverbs, but other passages that I bring into it, uh, he'll be able to put up there for you, okay? 
But I would like you in the word, in, in, in a Bible, if you can be in one, okay? Um, beginning at verse 1, he says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. That's a wonderful promise right there. Okay. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. You will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father the son in whom he delights. Let's just stop there and talk a little bit about, about all of that. All right. Um, let's just sort of name these components here that are, are part of the good life. And uh, we begin by talking about what would be key to like a long and peaceful life, you know, a long, good life. I, I love talking to people at different stages of life. Uh, you talk to young people like children and um, they just don't have a lot of cares in this world. They're not worried about a whole lot. They want to know where, where the, the plastic jug with the candy is in Pastor Dave's office. They love that. You know, uh, they want to know if they can have a ride in my Jeep sometime. They love that. You know, they want to know where they're going to be going. You know, not that they're worrying or fretting. They would just like to know. And they can be excited about simple things. They don't need a whole lot to make life rich and full. A good piece of candy, a ride in a Jeep, and just a little bit of understanding about where they're going. It's a great life, all right? But when people become adults, especially middle age and, and beyond... There's a lot more anxiety and fretting that is going on in life. We worry about a whole lot of other things, all right? And I'm not trying to diminish uh, responsibility here. Last week, we talked a lot about responsibility and about preparation and about being ready. Early on, we had talked about planning, the need to plan, all right? So we're, we're in no way saying that we, sh we shouldn't think about the future and we shouldn't plan for the future. But what, what I'm saying here is that there's a, there's a part of us that seems to go in a direction, if we're not careful, that we don't really want to go in. There's a lot of us would like to continue to live peaceful and pleasant lives. We would like to enjoy life and be able to sit down at the end of the day and say, oh, it's a good day, you know. So it's a great day. It's a peaceful day. My life is good. I have, because I, I drive a Jeep, I like driving a Jeep. That's, that's my car of choice, you know. I mean, I, 
I could choose another car and be very happy, but I like my Jeep. It's, it's casual and it's fun, and I can take the top off in the summer, and, um, and, and I can park in little short parking spaces, and when it snows and they don't clean those places, I can still park there. I just go up on top of the snow, and other cars can't do that. You know, there's advantages to, to a Jeep, but it's not for everybody. But there's this, this, this sort of mantra out there for those who are Jeepers, okay? And uh, for those who are Jeepers, it is life is good in a Jeep, you know? But it's the good life, and you see, I, got, I have two T-shirts that have Jeeps on them, and it says that, you know, it's a good life. Uh, and I, I like wearing them, okay? Uh, they, it's, it's fun to me, all right? But, but there's this idea that we have that we're all, we're all looking for that good life, you know? We're looking for that... That thing that for some people seems to be quite elusive, if you will, all right? But he's saying here, don't forget the teachings that you're given. Don't, don't, don't let your heart get away from them. Keep them, all right? And here's why. Here's the promise. It is the length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. In other words, if you stay obedient to God and you live within the context of God's teachings and and, and you're obedient in that, there is a promise of good life. There is a promise of a full and a rich life, if you will, okay? Um, And it's important for us to to do that, all right? Uh, And and what he's saying here, in a sense, I believe, is, is Solomon is saying, the writer is saying, hey, if you will listen to me, if you will, if you will obey me, as your father, what I'm telling you, the wisdom that I'm giving to you, if you will obey the wisdom that I am giving to you as your father, what I'm imparting to you, it will have a profound effect on you. It will add length of days and years to your life, and it will give you peace. You will be walking in peace. That is, aspects of a good life is living to a ripe old age and enjoying peace uh, during the time that you are living. Now, it's interesting because we can go into the, to, to the book of Ephesians, and uh, Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 1, it says, Children, sons, daughters, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your mother, uh, your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. All right, so here we see the promise again, just like we see here in, in, the, in the book of the Proverbs, that it may go well with you. In other words, you may have a good life, and that you may live long in the land. So we, we see it, it, it's almost identical to what is being said here in the Proverbs. So there's this idea that if you will seek out the godly counsel of your parents, your, and, and I know that not, not all parents are believers and give godly counsel, but... but I want to encourage you, especially you who are young in life church, and this is a part of our discipleship process. This is a part of how we are creating the dynamic of growing together in life church, and that is that we have spiritual mothers and fathers in the body of Christ. And I would, I would uh, encourage, especially you young adults, to look and seek out those who have wisdom and experience in areas of life, and not just in the, the deeper spiritual things, but, but in areas of proficiency or profession where you can learn and you can gain insight and understanding. They can help you. They can walk along with you and, and mentor you in some of these areas. And I would encourage you to seek that out. Uh, and that you would respond in obedience to the things that the Spirit is giving you through other people. The Holy Spirit will use 
you in Life Church to be vessels of honor that are full and rich with stuff that you can pour out into the lives of others. And I want to encourage you uh, who are older in Life Church, uh, are, are, who have education or experience in areas, that you would utilize that. You know, that, that I remember once having a young lady, uh, a young, a middle-aged woman who happened to be a school teacher at the time. And I said, oh, you're a teacher. And I said, that's such a wonderful gift. And she said to me, well, I don't want to use it in church. I teach all day, and I don't, so I don't want to be teaching at church. So don't give me a teaching job. I'm like, oh, my goodness. That, if that's your gift, if that's your calling, if that's what you do so well and so beautifully, why not let God use it? Why not let God work through you in that, that particular area? All right? Um, and, and so I, I want to encourage us that, that, that we put stock in this idea that there is longevity in this life when we are obedient and when we are faithful to God and when we are following God, way more so than by those in the world. I work in a gym part-time, and every day I see people who come in and they work out and they're very diligent and they're very dedicated to working their, their bodies with the intent that they will live long lives and they take supplements and they watch their diet and they're doing all kinds of things. And these are important things, but folks, I'm going to tell you what, that's not enough. That's not enough because there is life beyond this life. And I want to encourage you that you are living this life with, with the focus and the understanding of the life that is beyond. All right, That you're not limited in, in what you're doing and you're, you're focused in on, on the world and, and what it tries to offer you to give you life. All right? Um, but this is a commandment of God. It is a commandment with a promise. All right? If we honor our parents, and I believe we honor our spiritual parents, those that God has put in our path to teach us and to give us advice. Uh, if we're careful to heed that, it will go well with us, our life will be good, and we will live into longevity uh, if we do that well. Okay? Then he talks about the key to uh, popularity, I think, here. That's what we're going to call it anyway. Um, he says, uh, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. In other words, you, they're like an ornament. They're like something attractive that gets attention. Write them on the tablet of your heart. In other words, internalize them. Not just, not just have this outward look or appearance of being, being wise and being faithful and, 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 and having love, but that it is in your heart as well. So that you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and of man. All right? So that it is, it is right with you and God. You are pleasing in the sight of God. But also that, that there's this right kind of popularity uh, that you are living in and experiencing in your life. All right? There's a wrong popularity that the world tries to get us to buy into and says it's absolutely essential for us to have satisfaction and fulfillment and success. And, uh, and some people, for, for, for them, it's just how many friends they have on Facebook. That's how popular they are if they've got all of these friends or how many people they do on that tweeter thing or whatever that is. Okay? Um, <laughs> One of the Brazilians made a, made a, a goal uh, in the first game of the World Cup. I am a soccer fan. Um, one of the first games, and they said that immediately, he, he, he tweeted something, and immediately after he did, he acquired like 146,000 followers. Like immediately. 
All right. Well, in, in the world's eyes, I guess that he just became quite a popular guy. You know? But, but there is something about being someone who, whose, whose life and, and whose look is that of godliness and righteousness and stability that I think is very appealing. And I think that's what we have as the church. That's the asset that we have, is that we weather the storms of life, that we live in such a way that we are grounded in God, that we're not shaken by the adversities of this world. We're not tossed to and fro. We're, we're mature, we're stable, we're dependable, we're faithful. Uh, we have consistently the ability to love even our very enemies. And we live that out in a very consistent way over time so that as people see that, they are drawn to that. That's like the, the attractive necklace that is around our neck. The adornment of us is not uh, temporal things in this world, but it is godliness and righteousness. And there is something about this steadfast love. People can say, I love you, I love you, I love you all day long. But if they can't really walk that out in difficult circumstances and situations, then that is not genuinely steadfast, true, deep love. That is an emotion that uh, has whims about it and comes and goes. But I believe that God wants us to live in that kind of godly love, that, that steadfast love talked about here, that he says, don't let it, don't, don't forsake it. Don't get too far away from it. Keep it, keep it right there before you. Let it, let it ooze out of you, if you will. Let it pour out of you. Let, let whatever your tipping point is, let it, let it as, as, as you tip, let it be love that is being poured out of you. All right? That is, that is your offering, if you will. All right? So I want to encourage you that, that you not go after worldly popularity and and uh, what the world sees as important, but that you, you look uh, to God and you let God's steadfast love flow out of you. And faithfulness and righteousness is always a beautiful thing, not only to God, but I believe also to other people as well. Okay? Uh, the key to success, especially in terms of, like, ventures that you, that you take on, well, like your, your career or, or an, an opportunity in, in some way, you know, to, to do something well. Um, you know, success is such a big thing in America. We, we put a lot of stock in success and what that looks like in the image of success. And, and the problem is we have a lot of people who have found the image of success but really don't have success. And so there's a deeper underlying emptiness or frustration that's going on for them in that. All right. Look at what he says in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. He will make straight your paths. Uh, I, I, just, I just think this is wonderful wisdom for us. And, and this is sort of like, I, I would encourage you to, this is the, like a starting place. If you, can be, if you can develop that trust in the Lord, and that's a tension that's going on all the time in us, 
Men, I see it in you a lot. It happens in women as well, but I, I, I hang around with, with some of you men, and, and I, I see you, and you talk about your jobs or your careers or opportunities or things you want to do and accomplishments that you want, just even, even enjoyable, fun sorts of things, like you want to uh, hike a particular trail or whatever. You know, there, There's this sense of, of I want to do this. I, I want to make it happen. I want to work it out. I want to plan it. I want to call the shots. I want to, I want to, I want to do it. Um, and what, what the, the, the danger there is that we don't bring God into that. And I think one of the main reasons we don't bring God into our plans sometimes is because if we're very honest, we don't always trust God. Now, it's not that we don't trust Him that He's God or that, that He is good, but we don't trust Him that He will let us do it our way because He won't. <laughs> and that's what we want is our way. And we sometimes deceive ourselves into thinking that we have it, all right? And, and that, that we can make the best choices, all right? The, the word uh, here uh, for, for, for your pathway, all right, is, 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 is really, really powerful. It's like that, that the, the, the Lord makes smooth, all right? Um, that, that, that He lays it out in a straight and smooth way so it's easy for you to go. What you find out a lot of times when you go in your own strength and you're making all your own decisions is that things get difficult along the way. And oftentimes that's because we haven't inquired of the Lord. We haven't asked the Lord to, to help us. We haven't put it in the Lord's hands, all right? Let's look at, let, let me go a little further with that from the Psalm. Psalm 37, verses 3 through 7 says, Trust in the Lord, all right? That's the starting point. Trust in the Lord. Do good. Dwell in the land. And befriend faithfulness, okay? There's that word again, faithfulness. It's all over these passages, okay? Delight yourself in the Lord, all right? And He will give you the desires of your heart. Here's the amazing thing. We probably sometimes don't have the right desires. And, and we wrestle with these desires, the ones that are right and the ones that are wrong. And sometimes these are battles, even wars that go on inside of us. But when we move ourselves, when we shift ourselves a bit, okay, and we delight in the Lord rather than in our self and our self-fulfillment, all right, our delight is in the Lord. It shifts our heart. It changes us so that now we're not as interested in our own desire as we are in the desire of God, all right? And some of us, we, we need that shift from time to time. Some of us, we need that shift often. Okay? But we've got to get to the place where our delight, first and foremost, is in the Lord. We begin by trusting the Lord, and we delight ourselves in Him. All right, When we do that, then we are able. We, we, we begin this process of dying to our own will and laying down our own desires, and then we are capable of committing our way to the Lord. Here's what we tend to do as, as Christians, as followers. We want to be faithful. But we get a plan and we say, okay, I'm here. I want to be there. And we create this plan that gets us there. And we go. And when we get there and we say, okay, I'm here, then we say, okay, now, God, would you bless this? Would you bless what I just did? And God says, no, that's not really the right way. What I'd like for you to do is I would like for you at the beginning just Trust me, and then delight in me, 
that my ways are best and then commit that way to me and let me guide you. And the amazing thing is that it will go much better with us if we do that, if we do it that way, all right? And here's why. Commit your way to the Lord, trust him. I love this. And he will act. He'll move. When you, when you give it to God, he'll do something. I don't, I don't know what he's going to do when you give your plan to him, but he will do something with it. It may not be what we are naturally inclined to desire, but he will do what is best. He will do what is right and good. He will bring forth, verse 6, your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. He, he will bring forth what is best for you. In every situation, he will bring forth what is best. So be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourselves over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Folks, the wisdom of God would have you to look to God and delight yourself in him. If you are looking to the person on your right or the person on your left, and you begin to make comparisons, it is going to be very difficult for you to delight in the Lord because you're going to want to delight in the same things that the other person has or is doing or is experiencing. And so it's, it's really good, even in the body of Christ, to not make comparisons, not look at yourself and compare yourself to someone else. Well, if I had what they have, if I had their gift, or if I could be like them, I would just, then I would be effective. No, you're uniquely you. You are uniquely God's gift to this church and to this community and beyond. And, and, and God, nor we as leadership, want you to be somebody else. We certainly don't want you to be someone you're not. Okay? So, it's funny because once in a while you'll see someone come in and, and they'll remind you of some like tele-evangelist or some great pastor or somebody. It's just because they're just trying to be like them. They, they like them and they want to be like them. And so they do things or they use catchphrases or whatever uh, because that's what that person does. And I would encourage you, just be you. Just delight yourself in the Lord, all right? And be faithful and let God act for you. Let him move on your behalf because I believe that he would want to do that. All right. So trust him with all your heart. Acknowledge him in all. Let's go a little further. Psalm 37 verse 23 and 24. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. And I love this part. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong for the Lord upholds his hand. I, I remember when my children were young, many times, not that they were clumsy or klutzy, but they were young, you know? They were just young. And, and so they would take my hand for a moment, and then they would find a way to wiggle out of my hand because they didn't want me holding them. They didn't want me to have that hold on them. The zoo was the worst place of all. You cannot hold on to a child at a zoo. They just won't let you, you know. I have turned around. I, I, I've grabbed my children and held them in my arms 
I did this with my son, only to turn around and see his arm entirely up a camel's mouth and down his throat. You, I'm like, oh, the guy, the, the guy in the, in the petting zoo said, oh, it's all right. He ain't got any teeth anyway. <laughs> no, it's not all right. His hand is down a camel's throat. You know, it's not all right. You know, and, and so I'm pulling his hand out and, you know, getting everything off of it and trying to explain to him, you can't do that, you know. And so and when they got older and could, could really walk or run, they were way ahead of us way out there ahead of us. And sometimes we would be walking along and they'd take their hand away from me and they're going to walk by themselves and they would stumble over something and I would have to grab them, you know. But I would grab them so that they didn't fall and hurt themselves. That was my heart to do that. These are my children. These, these are my sons and my daughter. And I don't want them to fall. I don't want them to hurt. Folks, your heavenly father does not want you to fall. He does not want you to hurt but he wants you to trust him and know that he can take care of you. And his intent is to be there with you. His promise here is that if you do fall, he's, you're not going to go into destruction. It's not going to be the end for you, all right? The Lord will uphold you with his hand. He will be there with you. He will be there for you. And if you will go back immediately to wisdom, go back immediately to faithfulness, enter back into that delight in the Lord, you will be in a safe place with God and he will help you to get out of the situation or the circumstance that you maybe got yourself into. Uh, look at verse 34 and, uh, through 36 of the same chapter, chapter 37. It says, wait for the Lord then and keep his way and he will exalt you to inherit the land. You will look on when the wicked are cut off. I have seen a wicked, ruthless man spreading himself like a green laurel tree. But he passed away, and behold, he was no more. Though I sought him, he could not be found. Folks, you, you and I, we're not, we're not required uh, to fret and worry about wicked people. All right? that, is not, that is not God's desire for you and I. Not, not to fret about wicked. They, they, they will come and they will go. All right? But God's, God's desire is that you live in a life of peace, that you are living this life in peace, and that you are enjoying fulfillment in Him. And that's where I want to encourage you to go, is to that place in Him where you are delighting and you're, you're feeling, experiencing, knowing the encouragement of the Lord. All right? That He, he has you. All right? he, he's got you there. Okay? Um, don't, don't lean into your own understanding. Just acknowledge the Lord. Trust Him. I know I'm, I'm repeating myself a lot in this idea of trusting and being faithful, but, but it's just it's all over these, these passages in Proverbs. And it, He says it again and again and again. And the intent there is that you understand the magnitude of this, this, uh, this encouragement to you is that that you trust and, and, and that you are faithful. And here's the thing. If he is having to say it so much, if it's that big of a deal and he's having to say it so much, we as his creation probably struggle a great deal in these areas. And you and I both know from our own experience and that of dealing with others that we do. We do. And so I'm encouraging you that way, all right? Trust with all your heart. Acknowledge him in all of your ways. Um, Let's look at James chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. He says, Come now, 
you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. And all such boasting is evil. Folks, I believe that when we leave God out of our plans, it is not just an unwise thing to do. It is evil. It is evil. To say, I do not have need of God is a dangerous thing. And so, when you are planning, when you are making decisions, when you are moving forward in your life, whether that's in your business, or or your educational plans, or relationships, getting married, or or, or strengthening your marriage, uh, retirement plans, whatever, the key is that, that you bring God into it, and you let the will of God have a place in your life. All right? I would like to just stop right there. And uh, I'd like to continue next Sunday with this, okay? So I want to encourage you uh, that you stay with this. Stay in chapter 3. Let's read, read through this. Um, I really believe that these are great things for us to take hold of. They're very practical in a lot of ways, but they are really, really great things. And uh, God, I'm going to show you next, next Sunday, I'm going to show you really how that, that this, this message of wisdom just flows over into the New Testament. And you see the wisdom of God in the life of Christ. And you see that Christ is that same wisdom that God is.